All right, what's up, everybody? We have Hot Topic Tuesday Audible. You know, sometimes things happen in life, but we always know how to make it shake around here at Locked on ACC. We're y'all going to talk about a little bit of off-season additions to the conference, potentially. What Louisville football's program is going to look like this season, as mentioned through our schedule release. And then the top five programs, according to our friends here at Locked on Podcast Network. Who made the cut from a football standpoint? Really? Duke Blue Devils? You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on everybody welcome to today's edition of locked on acc i'm your host candace cooper joined by kenton gibbs we appreciate your patience as life has been lifing for both of us but we are so glad to be here once again in your presence and talking through a bunch of things had a little bit of family business to handle but we are certainly ready to rock and roll on our hot topic tuesday sorta you know what i'm talking about so kenton how are we feeling i'm feeling great i am ready to get into these hot topics because our, our listeners didn't let us down. And trust me, we want to hear from y'all. We want to hear the hot topics. Come to the YouTube page. Go to our Twitter page. Give us all the things to talk about because it's that time of the year where we need things to talk about. So help us out. Come on. A thousand percent. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So our hot topic Tuesday audible sort of kind of Tuesday, more like Thursday, right? Often starts with people wanting to know about their particular school, but sometimes it's not even about the ACC. They want to know who wants to join and come and have fun with the party. The ACC is looking at a couple schools, but not too many that I've heard of that I think are of note. We always talk about who would be good additions to our thriving conference and is maybe sort of a lost cause when it comes to the ACC Pac-12. If you miss our ACC Pac-12 episode and people saying sinking ship, that is the Pac-12. And in a time such as these, sinking ships is a little bit, a little bit aggressive, right? But, you know, if you want to come join the ACC where we're still trying to hang on by a thread, Still could be a potential rescue mission. I'm just saying. Who would you have part of this bad boy? Wow. Uh, that's tough. That's a so, hell of an intro. You know what? Top tier. Top tier Emmy Award winning. Period. I just, I, wow. Uh, <laughs> 2023. What a time. What? Who knew that, that sinking ships would be having this much of an impact in 2023? But with that being said, I mean, honestly, most of the teams that I've seen being mentioned in conversations to join ACC are kind of head scratchers. They're, they're kind of schools that I'm like, I see the vision, but what do you actually gain out of this? Mm-hmm. Like what, what do you, what do you gain from a, for example, one team that I've seen mentioned a lot is West Virginia. Don't get me wrong. I love the backyard brawl. Everybody loves the backyard brawl, right? Even though pit fans where I hate them, everybody loves the backyard brawl. We don't need West Virginia in the ACC. West Virginia got a lot going on right now. I ain't gonna hold you. They got yeah. a lot going on right now. Yeah. We we don't we don't need to be put in a different like we don't need any programs that are gonna help us hurt us. You know what I'm saying? Like we just don't need that. I mean the 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 biggest thing for me about uh, West Virginia is do they have the pull to add in to our average in terms of viewership, in terms of of 
all the things, attendance, all that good stuff. Do they have the pull is is the question more so than anything else. Because me personally, I really don't care about the brand. I really don't care about all the other stuff. Oh, your school got in trouble. Who doesn't? Who doesn't get in trouble these days? It's it's a part of the game. But do you have the the crowd to bring it in? The only team that I've seen that I'm like, yes, they for sure have it is UCF. But I mean, that's that's pretty much it. They're they're the only school that I can think of that like people go crazy for them. They are the Knights are a huge deal in Central Florida. So in Central Florida, very key words there. But can I respond to your West Virginia one before you go to oh, Central go for Florida? It. Go so, for like, it. my West Virginia thing is, I feel like they have the pool. Like, people be watching West Virginia. Something about West Virginia is a draw. Like, they they truly enjoy the football program, certainly love the basketball pro- men's basketball program. Things certainly have to turn around in that regard. But, you know, when I think about college football experience, I certainly would argue that West Virginia could ruffle the few feathers and certainly bring some action, some noise, some different rivalries that we haven't seen, you know, amongst our friends here, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Pitt, West Virginia, things like that. So I would agree with that one. Central Florida, on the other hand, is like we're barely hanging on to our Florida State. It would look like so bad if we were to lose Florida State but gain UCF, in my opinion. I mean, that's fine and dandy. But I don't think we're losing anybody because, again, I don't think anybody has hundreds of millions laying around. Sure. I just don't think it's realistic at this point in time. And if so, I, never mind. I'm not even going to say what I want to say, but students should be very upset about that. If they find out that these universities literally have hundreds of millions laying around to break a contract in order to make hundreds of million more later, much, much later on down the road, like, you're not going to see that money right away type of deal. Well, I'm um, sure inflation is probably going up in the cafeteria. So if you had, if you were talking about, you have 120 million to blow, we got, I got questions. You know, the, the kids rationing meal swipes out here. <laughs> going through I it. I got questions. Going through it. And then they see the university drop nine figures to get out of a TV deal. Yeesh. Tuition at the yin yang. Especially, especially because we're not talking about every sports TV deal. We're just talking about one sport. Right. We're, you drop nine figures for one sport. Right. Yeesh. That's kind of crazy. But with that being said, I do agree that that would be a terrible look. Uh, but I don't think Floyd State's going anywhere. Not, not for a little while. Not until yeah. that buy-in or that buy-out drops a little bit, or at least until the future, where, like you said, inflation. You know, 120 seems like 120 million seems like a lot right now. In 2030, will it be as much by comparison to these universities? Maybe not. But for now, everybody is sitting really tight. They're sitting really snugly in their seats because nobody can afford to go anywhere. Yeah, well, speaking of money, we want to take a break here because the hot topic at Duke University in their new tuition, free tuition for North Carolina and South Carolina students for parents who have under 60 or make, I think it's like a hundred some thousand dollars combined or something like that. I think it's just very exciting that you could see some more access to a great university such as Duke. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's that's a great deal, uh, especially seeing as how student loan debt has um virtually robbed an entire generation of any type of upper mobility, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm very much so here for accessibility and for the people who are all, but Ken, you work super hard to get a full scholarship and like you want everybody to have that for free. Child, stop it. Just because you suffered for something doesn't mean that other people should have to. 
And that's all I'm going to say about this because I like talking about sports and fun stuff here. God forgave my loans. And so Joe just going to have to get over it because I'm just, I, I paid, Jesus paid it all. Therefore, wow. Candace is not paying another red cent. That's all I got to say with that. Wow. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to pick it up and put it right back down. But since we talk about money, listen, honey, I got something for you. Let's pay some bills. Baseball season is in full swing. Wake Forest might have taken an (laughs) L, but they are not out of this bad boy. There's no better place than to get in on the action at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Talk about that Wake Forest Demon Deacons. They're going to figure these things out. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball, though. However, if you like Yankees, if you like Boston Red Sox, whoever your team is, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So if I put my money on who I feel like, some hot topics is going down for Louisville. We had a whole episode talking about Brom expectations. So make sure you check out our 2023 ACC football playlist where you can see how we're doing some schedule reviews. We're not quite through all of them. We have a long summer. We're going to get to all of them before July starts. We want to make sure you have the full slate. We got Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Virginia to go over. But let me tell you, Louisville, it's one up in the air. Definitely a team that we're not quite sure about. Certainly feel like this Louisville football team has a lot going for itself. They have a really strong defensive program, but I don't necessarily know what that offense is going to be like. So I would give them six and a possible. You know what I mean? I think they're going to win six. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I could see six. I mean, I think if I'm working my way backwards, yeah, Kentucky and Miami are probably going to be two tough ones at the end there. Virginia and Virginia Tech to ease into those two. Nice. Nice combination there. That's what you want to see toward the end of the season. When your team is getting banged up and things are getting rough, and you see those two schools on the schedule, uh, you can take a little breath there. Only for this season, though, because don't don't play them. Don't play them. They've been working. Okay. All right. I'll tell you this much. Virginia football has not always been bad, nor has Virginia Tech. However, ever since Fuentes didn't do right, by Hendon Hooker, Detroit Lion Hendon Hooker, by the way. They ain't been oh, right yeah. since. Oh, the yeah. boys ain't been right since. They ain't been, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just ever since they ain't been right. But I agree. I think the six is a, a good, good spot, good landed spot for this team. I mean, honestly and truly, I know that a lot of people have a ton of faith in Rob, and I get it, but their schedule at times is a little bit brutal. I mean, they have a lot of faith in Brahms. I think they were so fed up with Satterfield. That's fair. That's you know fair. I mean? like we talked about the fighting Satterfields, but like they were so over his like wishy-washy non-committal. And like nowadays with college football, if your head coach is not all in to your program, to your town, to your city, to your fans, it, it makes for them to turn on you quick, quick as quick as you did when they loved you. But I, I think another thing about Brahm is he's a hometown hero, right? He's a guy that has been in the program for quite some time. People are familiar with the name. I mean, Jeff Brom is a guy who people are going to look at him and say he's going to rejuvenate a program that really doesn't even need revitalizing. Like, they weren't a terrible team last year. That wasn't a yeah. team that's like, 
oh, my God, what are we going to do here? But I will tell you this. If that defense can remain what it was last year with Brom and his offensive mind working magic on the uh, on that side of the ball, they could be something special. Yeah. It could be something special. They, They're definitely it, going to a bowl game, and that'll that'll get the fans excited just in and of itself. A coach going to a bowl game in year one, if you're not at like that tier one or tier two program, that's a that's a pretty big deal. And please don't tell me that Louisville is tier one. Don't don't tell me that lie. Don't even amongst ACC schools, they're not tier one. So nationally, you definitely can't be tier one. Okay, tier two. Again, in ACC, I think that they're they're like very close or in maybe the last team in tier two, but nationally they're not in tier two. So uh, a, a school of, of that caliber winning six games year one with a new coach, I think that's a good deal. I think yeah. that's a good deal for him. I 100% agree. So we'll say a bowl game. Definitely say Brom gets the city of Louisville back excited, gets its fans back engaged. And I definitely think they win the Louisville-Kentucky matchup. Is that too much? That's aggressive. That's aggressive. You got a lot of dip on your chip. That's aggressive. Yeah, a lot of dip on your chip. I think that's how he really sparks it and gets us into next season. So here's the deal, right? I Louisville could be a team that does something special this year and shocks the world. They're one of those teams that I could see absolutely shocking the world a little bit. But with that being said, I don't see how they beat. A, a Kentucky team that got older at positions that they were already kind of good at and got better at positions where they had guys drafted early. So you think, oh boy, it's going to like blow it out the water at the quarterback? Who, Devin Leary? Mm-hmm. I'm a big Devin Leary truther. Um, he's only, he's only, gotten, now. he's only gotten, he's only gotten hurt. He's only gotten hurt from illegal hits, by the way. He has never once gotten injured from a hit that didn't draw a 15-yard penalty. With that being said... Welcome to football. Like, what are we doing? I mean, there's, a bounty, there's a bounty on boy? Like, what are we doing? That, I was just about to say, that's that's pretty much their only help here. Uh, put a bounty on the kid and you'll be okay. No, but seriously, uh, that, that Louisville team is really, really good. I mean, freshman All-American... I'm sorry, that Kentucky team is really, really good. I think they're going to be uh, a really good team next year in, in terms of, you know taking NC State's entire backfield over there uh, in Demi Sumo Karn Bay and, and Devin Leary. But not only that, nose guard Deion Walker was a freshman All-American out of there. Shout out to Cass Technicians. You know, love that. But anyway, yeah, they're they're a team that Kentucky always has a stout defense. And um, offensively, they've gotten more firepower in that backfield. Uh, that's, that's a scary hours type of game. For uh, for Louisville, just being honest, it's very very spooky season type of game there. Ooh, we well, I look forward to the upset. All right, moving on. Hot topic Tuesday by way of Thursday, we are talking about the top five football programs here in the ACC. Our our what are they are our hosts here at Locked On Podcast Network. They decided to cook some things up, let us know how they felt about our conference, and so we're here to give you what their thoughts were when it came to some of our programs. So number one for top football programs, or should we go five, four, three, two, one? Let's go one, two, three, four, five, because that's I was just about to say, it's much easier to go one through five because one, <laughs> the first ones make sense. And then they, they just kind of go off the rails. It gets a little dicey. Absolutely. All right, number one, 
the Clemson Tigers. We get it. You know what I'm saying? They'd have been the most nationally relevant. So if you are part of Locked On Podcast Network who covers national, you know, networks and all the things, and you certainly have watched some college football, they're the most talked about program here in our conference. So I get it, right? And they, they, I mean, playing in Death Valley is very challenging. For sure. Many have tried. Few have succeeded. Had a nice little streak going. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's I, I, I'll say this. Death Valley uh, is, you know, is what it is, but Clemson just has better Larry's and Joes than everybody else. They have some absolute freaks in nature over there. And uh, whew, it's going to be tough. Going to be tough to unseat them as number one. But the number two team could do it. And getting Mr. Riley as their new offensive coordinator certainly is going to help some things, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Dave, this – this Clemson team, when you look at what has been their uh, struggles over the past couple of years, you look at there, there's been some health things going on, which you can't really control. Nobody can make Will Shipley and Brian Brissett and company be healthy. Like, you, you just can't do that. But um, in terms of what they could control that they were bad at, play calling was, uh, it was a little scary something. It was a little, yeah. a little rough. Did your boy take that over? Excuse me? Didn't your boy Dabo take that over? Okay, don't don't say your boy. <laughs> Dabo don't me. I don't know Dabo. You know what I mean? No disrespect. I'm sorry to this man, but you know, I, it, but yeah, that's that's been one of those things. So, you know, anytime somebody with the last name Riley is calling your offense, you're probably better off than you were before. That's fair. Number two team, Florida State. Yeah, yeah. So and and this makes me think that you know, this makes me think that nationally Florida State is is getting that respect again and people are seeing uh, what they're building down there and all that. And I'll tell you this, there was a um, there was a a mention of Florida State, and you know, who trusts them and, and whether or not uh, you trust Norvell or you trust Cristobal on our page and there were some very, very strong feelings about Norvell being the better coach. Yeah. I'll tell you what, a part of coaching is recruiting. So I, you know, don't be one of those people that's like, well, Norvell just has better players. Well, he went out and got those better players. He went out and got Jared Burks. He went out and got all of the guys that you see on that team that are going to be something special on Sundays. He went out and got that three-headed monster in the backfield. That's now a two-headed monster, but nonetheless, he went yeah. out and got those guys. He went out yeah. and got George Travis. So, you know. He got Mr. Wilson. Like There you go. He got Johnny Wilson. You're very, very correct there. So, this isn't a situation where um, he's, a, he's a slouch of a coach. But with that being said, I can see why they're number two because in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. They ain't beat the man yet. Hundred percent. All right. Now one and two was like, okay, cool, we get it. Now here's where it starts to get a little dicey. Three through five ain't gonna hold you. Absolutely. Locked on podcast network host pick this. Just so we're clear before y'all get, don't jump us. And again, Candace and I abstain <laughs> from the vote to keep it as unbiased <laughs> as possible. So before y'all jump us, I know Pitt fans finna get in their feelings. I just know a Louisville fan is on the way. But number three is North Carolina. Now, when you think about football programs, top five and number three, North Carolina, boy, that Drake May effect is crazy. So, and and here's the thing. I think that this is based on, like, what people think they're going to be next year. Has to be. And 
Even with that being said, <laughs> three's a little aggressive. You know, three's a what did they show? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know they they showed that number ten. They showed okay. him. They yes. showed and he, he showed okay, up and showed ten, out. Ten wins. Okay. Yeah. He showed up and showed out. Ten, um, get ten wins. But but in all seriousness, this team is retooling at literally almost every position uh, from last year defensively. Um, they have some studs transferring in on the offensive side of the ball in terms of uh, highly rated receivers and whatnot. Hey, more power to them. I just think. Three is a little high. It's a little. I mean, their whole team had like the great flight, so like it's really we we don't know what we're gonna see this year. So I, you're 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 rolling the FanDuel dice with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Number four, NC State, which you know they're a consistently decent program. It's either telling me that y'all don't have much to go off of when it comes to the ACC, or you really like think highly of the Wolfpack. You know. NC State is a team that is also replacing a lot of pieces, excuse me, in that front seven. But the thing about NC State that I think a lot of people are under-indexing is stability. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a lot of stability in that program right now. There is not a ton of turnover in, in all of the major areas. And the one place where you did lose a guy, I'm sorry, Tim Beck going on somewhere is addition by subtraction, Okay. Any offensive coordinator that cannot get the ball in the hands of the best player is like, I'm a firm believer. The best offensive coordinators scheme up guys to look better than they are. Average offensive coordinators say, hey, that's the guy who's good. Get him the ball, get out the way. Bad offensive coordinators can't figure out the get the ball and, and get out of the way, get him the ball and get out of the way strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's always rough. That's yeah. always a tough time. So, um, there's a lot of stability in that program. However, NC State is a very boom or bust team. And, mm-hmm. and this year, they're going to be in terms of you don't know what you're getting with Brendan Armstrong. But not only do you not know what you're getting with Brendan Armstrong, who in that receiving room is proven? Who in that receiving room is proven enough to tell you, I trust that guy? Who in the backfield? And that's another one. Who in the backfield has done enough consistently to show you, I trust that guy? Jordan Houston is the king of being one step away from make, breaking a big one. Unfortunately, that one step just never appears. It just never <laughs> he, he's always he makes the right cut. He's where he's supposed to be. He's always healthy. He's always available. Not super explosive. Michael Allen, super explosive. He is like um uh what was that running back from the Buccaneers? Uh Doug Martin. He's like Doug Martin, short, compact, very quick and shifty in, in short area and all that. Tough just tough as nails to bring down he got hurt last year um and so you you ask yourself you know what can you expect out of a backfield that like i talked about earlier lost Demi sumo carmen and all that good stuff an offensive line that lost greg gibson that just looked hapless without him with all due respect and and then this question kind of comes in when i look at three four and five is this saying that three, four, and five are good? Or is this saying that the ACC is just really having a rough go of it right now? That's what I said. Like, it's, it's, it's giving y'all don't really pay attention to the conference for real. All right, number five, Duke Blue Devils. Somebody saw Riley Leonard and said, okay, period. I'm feeling, I'm feeling away. I'm thinking this is good stuff. I just, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know my, maybe it's the Mike Elko effect year one. He, you know made things happen 
maybe that's what people are excited about the way he was able to get them you know some pretty high win percentage considering how he turned it around maybe some of the sec guys knew he would be this good coming from texas a&m you know there's a lot of different factors right but i certainly feel like top five when you talk about acc football is extremely aggressive for duke but you know what And i'm a duke girl y'all know this y'all know i go hard in the paint for duke football but you know what it it does beg the question, who else are you going to put in these spots? If you say Pitt, UNC, easily. NC State. Pitt is definitely okay. top five. All right. And that there's an argument to be made for it, sure. Is that something that you easily say when you replace the guy who, in essence, was your entire offense last year? Keaton Slovis? What? That's no. What That's what I'm saying. The guy who you he handed better. the ball to. Right, but I'm saying you got better. At the quarterback position, yes. Yeah. But uh, you, that's arguably one of the best positions in, in the game. Let me talk about Duke for a second. Oh, my God. Solid up front. Has a, a potential first rounder at left tackle to keep Lil' Riley Leonard's jersey clean. They have a defensive line that is very underrated. They have an, a defensive line. They're always where they're supposed to be, and they have some pass rush juice to them. I mean, that's, you know, we make fun of them and call them nerds all the time, but I'll be damned if it ain't something, too. They, those guys play disciplined football, and they're in their gaps where they're supposed to be, making it difficult on opposing teams. Ain't nothing wrong with that. With that being said, again, I I can see the vision. I can see the vision here. I can they're see not it. the most flashy team. They're the most fundamentally sound, top top two fundamentally sound team. The only thing I will say is this. We will find out this year how big that gap actually was or if there was actually a gap between the Coastal and the Atlantic. Because everybody said that Duke was only good because they played that terrible Coastal schedule last year. Well, well. they're going to mix it up. They're gonna mix, there's going to be some tussles with the Atlantic this year. So we'll see whether or not Duke skated by because a bunch of teams were bad or if that Duke team – Coach Elko is legit. Is that guy. All right. Well, that's pretty much our show today. We have some top five programs. We gave you a little bit of Louisville football. We gave you some off-season additions to our conference, potentially. Hot Topic Tuesday by way of Thursday has been real. It's been fun. But we got to get out of here. But before we get out of here, some housekeeping notes. want to make sure that you guys tap into our Twitter, at LockedOnACC. Make sure you tap into our YouTube. Subscribe there. Please leave the comments. Always give us something to talk about. And, you know, if you want to give us five-star reviews on Apple or Spotify, all the things, we certainly do appreciate it. Make sure, again, if you feel a way about the top five football programs, you let the Locked On Podcast Network team know. Don't at us because we did not pick these. We're just reporting the news and giving you our thoughts. So from there, we hope you guys have a great and safe weekend for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.